Hello and welcome to this tour of Shrewsbury Unitarian Church. Your tour guide today is Richard Fife, who does an amazing job in making sure we have everything we need. So thank you, Richard, for this wonderful tour. Now, you may be wondering, why are we looking at this church? What makes it so significant? Well, that's because this is the church that Charles Darwin and his family would have been part of. Um, so we're going to go take a look around here today. Now, this building is one of my favourite buildings in Shrewsbury simply because I believe it exists in a different plane, a different universe. It's just an amazing building to step into from a busy high street. There have been many times I've been walking along this busy high street, stepped in through these red doors, and it just feels like the outside world doesn't exist. It's just a very comfortable, very breezy, cool, uh, nicely lit room where you can just duck in and relax for a few minutes. Um, so I think you'll appreciate the atmosphere inside this wonderful building. Thank you for taking part in this tour and I will catch you guys at the end. The facade of the Unitarian Church was, was built in 1880. Uh, it was added on um, to an existing building which had probably existed right at the back since the, since the end of the 17th century. Uh, it was, the, the whole building was built in stages and uh, it was remodelled uh, in the 1840s when it was found that the existing uh, buildings which had been used were unsafe. Uh, the, the rectangular building at the back was uh, constructed by John Carline Jr., the architect. The, uh, the, win the windows, uh, we don't know who did them at the back, um, although they think that the design of the windows here were, were um, done in a Netherlandish uh, late 17th century uh, design. Um, which is this is what Nicholas Pevsner, the famous architect, said, who wrote 42 books on the whole of the architecture of the counties of the British Isles in the early part of the last century. We're going to walk through the red doors now and step inside. We've just walked down right through the, the centre of the church uh, to almost at the end, and we're now looking on the, on the left-hand side at the, at the memorial to Robert Darwin, who came here as a child with his mother. We often think that um, Darwin got his interest in, in, in the natural world and how it developed from his, from his, uh, his, his association with this church because the Unitarians in the 19th century were, was, were full of scientists and naturalists and um, philosophers of all kinds. Uh, there was a man called uh, Eddowes Bowman, the elder, who was a, a famous naturalist. And I think perhaps that they, they could have met here because their lifetimes spans uh, coincide somewhat. Um, he, he may well have uh, met this man, Eddowes Bowman. When we look at the memorial to Darwin, as we look at the top of the plaque, we can see a slipper orchid, which uh, Darwin was particularly interested in, and their fertilization by bees. This is a Paphiopedilum, which is a species of orchid from Southeast Asia. We're now looking at the coat of arms with its inscription underneath, Dieu et mon droit. 
and Onisoire qui mali pense, which some people might remember is often used in places where justice is dispensed. It was given by George I as a sign of his protection after the church was ransacked by a mob in 1715, by a Jacobite mob, in fact, who obviously didn't like the Protestant, uh, the Protestant worshippers here. Uh, they would be known, of course, to the Jacobites as uh, supporters of the young pretender, um, Charles Edward Stuart. Um, in, in many, many of these types of plaque would often feature um, faces which were so superimposed upon the lion and the unicorn, which bore a similarity to some of the painter's friends. There is an Art Nouveau uh, frieze of plants and flowers at the back of the church, done on a muddy green background. This was done by a lady called Emily Usher, who won a prize for it in the Arts and Crafts uh, exhibition in Shrewsbury in 1906. Her sister, interestingly, is somebody called Eglantine Jeb, who was founder of the Save the Children Fund in 1919, which was set up in order to um, relieve the, the suffering of, of children in Germany after the Allied blockades of the Great War. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, the famous poet of Kublai Khan fame, once gave a sermon here when he was considering becoming a Unitarian minister. He was paid for three sermons, but only ended up doing one. Um, we don't have any record of what he said, but on the plaque, uh, it, it re refers to his sermon as uh, really of the, uh, the first quality. It is said on the plaque the following. As he gave out the text, his voice rose like a stream of rich distilled perfumes. And when he came to the two last words, which he pronounced loud, deep and distinct, it seemed to me as if the sounds had echoed from the bottom of the human heart and as if that prayer might have floated in solemn silence through the universe. The organ is something which something is something the playing of which we always look forward to. It is done every two weeks by a man called Mr. Smallman, who has been coming here for years and is uh, a, a, a master of the instrument. We have recently had it uh, renovated and its sound is much better and the blower uh, which produces the air which goes through the pipes has been restored as, as indeed have all the other pipes. It took about 18 months and all the pipes had to be taken down and laid and inspected and re-leathered with special sheepskin which came from sheep in Spain. At the... At the um, uh, the, the front of the church, as you come in and above it, there is a gallery where uh, the choir used to sing many years ago, and they still have written in the little boxes which form part of the front of this area various, uh, various hymns and, and books which they would use. 
behind them, there would have been the organ, which was taken down in the early part of the 20th century and put further towards the back of the church where it now is. Uh, there is a, a kind of screen that's been put up which actually provides in the room above a type of a type of stage where we believe that some of the children used to act out um, various plays or it could have been a nativity play or something to do with the bible in their schoolroom in the ceiling there are there are cast iron decorative designs um, rounded vents which would have given escape to the fumes and the spent the, the spent fumes of the the gas lights which would have been there there are at the moment electric lights there which were made by a firm called Holofane in the the early part of um, the last century and we've had them here for years um, decorated glass work um, which have uh, uh, shaped in, in, in like uh, uh, hanging pendulum lights which are of um, interesting design of the period. Around the sides of the church there are there is a frieze done in the style of Wedgwood who, who was involved of course with Coleridge and who sponsored his poetry. Running along each side of the church, there is old wainscoting, um, probably made of oak and stained, which we think would probably have come from uh, the remains of the houses which were here before the present building was constructed. The present pews are Victorian design and they would have replaced the box pews at the end of the last century. Um, Darwin wouldn't have sat in any one of them because um, they were put in after his death, of course. The clock in the church has a very large painted face. Behind it is the mechanism of the clock, which is in fact very small. It's dated 1724, and obviously the building which the church is now in um, was constructed much later. So the, the clock would have been used in one of the older buildings before they were demolished. The clock is quite interesting because as it is wound, um, the, the weights, the draw weights which power the mechanism are wound up with um, a windlass um, method. Uh, which is attached to uh, a part of the clock which drives it. And these weights run down in one of the, one of the pillars of the, the supporting structure of the choir gallery above where the clock is. And as you wind them, you can hear the clunking of the draw weight as it goes up the pillar. We have three pictures in the vestry, which are of the founders of the church who left the Church of England, and in fact resigned it in their, their um, inability to accept the 39 articles of the Church of England. Uh, um, they are the Reverend James Owen, the Reverend Francis Talents, 
and John Bryan. And they would have been they would have gone to St. Chad's, probably the older St. Chad's before it collapsed. We're now standing in the schoolroom, which is a sort of second story um, part of the Unitarian Church, and looking at the, the really quite attractive stained glass windows which were up here, um, which, uh, as I mentioned earlier, would have been thought to have been in a, a Netherlandish late 17th century style. This is where the children, they would have come up here and received their rudimentary education. And this would have been um, part of their, their, um, their school um, studies as, as well as part of their religious uh, instruction. Uh, I, can, I can see here also is the, the portrait of Mrs. Edward Myers um, wearing um, a very um, a stylish and decorated um, high Victorian dress with a blue necklace. Uh, she was uh, a noted figure here, and obviously this is why this portrait was made of her, uh, sitting in a very dignified manner, uh, looking um, into the far distance with a um, perhaps an otherworldly gaze. Uh, people are always um, welcome to come up to look at the schoolroom. Um, just ask the uh, a member of the congregation who would be here when the church is open. In the schoolroom, we can see the interior of the, the, um, the position where the organ used to be and its um, casing. Uh, we can see two doors set in the side of it, and, and it was so uh, that people could come in and out, obviously performing um, performances of various kinds to do, to do with the work that we were doing and um, we, we don't actually know exactly what they did as you often find with these churches um, records aren't necessarily kept of um, all the, the, the minutiae of what happened there and diaries um, we've, we try to um, keep records of all the things that happen here now and, and keep them for future generations to, to look at, and um, which is uh, perhaps more interesting than the usual records of births and marriages and deaths. So there you have your tour of the Unitarian Church. Um, I hope you enjoyed the tour. Um, Richard Fife, thank you so much for giving us your knowledge and your time and your voice. You were fantastic. Now, we have plenty of other tours are available. Um, we have a tour of Grope Lane. There is a tour of Shrewsbury Abbey. There is a tour of Wild Cop. And just the other side of town, we also have a tour of the library. Please take your time with these tours. They're here for you to enjoy. And I hope you've had a great day today. <laughs>